Royal community, if you would love to keep us on the air, Rachel and I would be so happy if you come over to Kofi and buy us a cup of coffee. It's four pounds or six bucks. And that is used to support the podcast with all the hosting sites and any money that's needed to keep the podcast on the air. You can also join the VIP Royal community over on Kofi too, which is four pounds or six bucks monthly. And you get a VIP Royal community Zoom call each month. And also you can become part of our exclusive Facebook group. Thank you so much for being here. Listening is enough, but if you'd love to support us, head over to Kofi, K-O-F-I.com. The link is in the show notes. Let's get on with today's episode. A grand fanfare welcome to our podcast, Keeping Up With The Windsors, dedicated to the royal family. Each episode will be crowned to the rafters with opinions, news and commentary on the comings and goings of the family of Windsor. With your hosts and royal fangirls, Rachel Andrews and Michelle Thole. So grab yourself a cuppa, straighten up your tiara, shine your knighthood, round up your corgis, and let's keep up with the Windsors. Hello and welcome to this week's episode of Keeping Up the Windsors. I'm Rachel. And I'm Michelle. Well, Shell, we thought... You know, it's Easter. We're going to have a nice time talking about the state visit because we really enjoyed it and we honestly cannot wait to chat to you all about it. But then half past 10, Tuesday night, I'm frantically on Instagram because there's so much coronation news that's come out this week. Oh my goodness. Hold on to your hats, Royal Community. There is so much coming up in this episode. It's jam packed absolutely jam-packed i want to give you a little heads up though next week we have a royal community spotlight episode so excited i will be on a cruise sorry (laughs) royal community i'll be loving life on the high seas and we're going to be chatting with rebecca victoria from royal style diaries which i'm super excited about this is something that you will be asking for a while is a fashion slash style episode so that's what's coming to you next week yeah so we asked you over on instagram for your questions and we're putting our questions to rebecca victoria and we're also having a real candid open chat about what royal style is what it means to us a real good episode for you next week and then we'll be back the following week for our normal royal scheduling And also, Royal Community, as we're not going to have our normal scheduled episode next week, if there is anything major news-wise that comes out about the coronation, etc., I'll do an Instagram Live just so that we can have a general chit-chat because, obviously, Shell, it's Easter Sunday this week and we're probably going to see the Royals at St. George's Chapel. Yeah, and we always wait for that Easter church service. And Rachel's is really special because this will be obviously King Charles's first, but it'll be our first without the Queen. And that's just never happened to us ever. So sad. Yeah. So today we're going to be chatting about a very big Trubilee moment. (laughs) We've got some Beatrice news. Hello. Hello. Bring it on. Bring it on, Beatrice. We're also going to be covering the state visit, which we're so excited to bring you. And then hold on to your hats, Royal Community. We've got coronation news. Grab yourself a cup of tea. Let's get on with a Royal Roundup for this week. The King and the Prince of Wales planted the last tree of tree planting season for the Queen's Green Canopy. Tree Jubilee! (laughs) The scheme was set up as part of Queen Elizabeth's Jubilee celebrations, which has seen over 3 million trees planted. This is absolutely incredible. The King said, as the second planting season draws to a close, I wanted to express my heartfelt thanks to everyone who has helped to create an enduring legacy in Queen Elizabeth's name. The project has 
has shown how simple, practical and positive gestures can make a big difference. And I think of no more fitting tribute to Her Late Majesty's 70 year reign. When this initiative first came out, I was absolutely gunning for it. I thought this is amazing. But now with it finishing and also with the passing of Queen Elizabeth, there's a real sadness, but actually a real accomplishment. Three million trees is incredible. And I have to say, I would probably hazard a guess that a million of them were probably planted by Princess Anne. (laughs) (laughs) Could you imagine the hobnob just going along? (laughs) What I loved about this is because obviously we have these sayings now when we're talking about trees and being planted, tree belief first came to my head and then I was like good luck tree (laughs) good luck tree exactly well good luck to all the three million trees out there and what was lovely as well was that just the position of seeing the start of the queen's green canopy when we had that photo of the queen and um, a then prince charles released and now it's the king and prince william oh it's such a kind of sad poignant moment but also really joyous as well it is and did you see that mosaic that they created no i didn't see it so there was all tiny little pictures and it was the queen's head but it was people planting trees yes yes i did yeah i thought you meant on the floor or something (laughs) but no it's actually a digital mosaic isn't it a lasting legacy and what a great way to honor her majesty um shell we also saw the king at church on sunday And he was wearing a coat that was worn by Prince Philip in the 1950s. He's the (laughs) king of sustainability. I love this. We've known for a while that the king um, reworks his clothes, doesn't he? He has the same outfits that he's worn for years. And really, he just gets them tended to and fixed when it's needed. And we know that his clothes are made of such high quality materials. They're going to stand the test of time. But also, can you just imagine, where's the warehouse with all Prince Philip's coats? Like, where is it? We've got a little membership card. Why can't we go around and walk around there? Let's move to Princess Beatrice. She attended a Made by Dyslexia event in New York. At the same event was Prince Carl Phillips and Princess Sophia of Sweden, who Beatrice and Edo met at the event last year in Sweden. Now, Beatrice said that dyslexia affects her day to day and that there is nothing wrong. There is just everything that is so right. Talking at this event, she said, I think that's one of the strengths we have as dyslexic is to look at things differently, be a problem solver, find new ways to do things, be experimental, entrepreneurial. And I think we've seen Princess Beatrice really championing these charities connected to dyslexia. And again, it was like a nice little synergy between the two royal houses. It really was. And she's dealt with this for basically her whole life. And it does affect her day to day. But just because you're dyslexic, like she said, there is nothing wrong with her. She just looks at the world and she just learns in different ways to what other people do. Shall we also saw this week the Duchess of Edinburgh opening the Headley Court Veterans Orthopaedic Centre, where she unveiled a plaque plaque attack (laughs) and this was her inaugural unveiling with her new title yeah and I was just about to say to you when you said the Duchess of Edinburgh it still doesn't compute yet that's Sophie it's just gonna take a bit of a while I think and you know what's really strange is on the Royal Diary they still have not updated that they updated the line of succession really quickly yeah but they haven't updated it still says the Earl and the Countess of Wessex 
I think since the Queen passed away, that's a lot of pages and a lot of engagements that they have to just go and change all the wording of. So I think they're probably backed up, definitely trying to figure out everything. We also found out that Jacinda Ardern, who was the Prime Minister of New Zealand, has now become one of the members of the Earthshot Prize Council, hasn't she? Yeah, this is incredible. And I think this really goes to show the friendship that Prince William and Jacinda Ardern have. Exactly. So it's going to be nice to see in the coming years what's going to happen and how her seat at the table will influence and also help the climate change crisis. So we'll see. So that's a little bit of Royal Roundup for you this week. Obviously, there's so much more that's going on, as we always say. But we've got two big pieces of Royal News, which we really wanted to focus on this week. So let's move on to the Royal News for this week. So let's talk about the German state visit. So the King and the Queen Consort had a ceremonial welcome. They had a 21-gun salute and a military fly pass. I know, it was really special, wasn't it? They really did go all out for the introduction of this state visit. Yeah, and you could tell from the start of this, it was like the royal red carpet was being rolled out. Couldn't agree with you more. We also then saw them being greeted in front of the Brandenburg Gate by President Frank Walter Steinmeier. And he also gave them some military honours, didn't he, Ray? Yes, and it was the first time that a foreign head of state was welcomed this way. It was monumental, absolutely historic. And the crowds were out in force to welcome their majesties. Did you see this, Shell? There was a man that tried to give the king a Burger King crown. <laughs> yeah, a bit tacky, but I'm sure this is probably the first time this has happened to him. I'm sure a kid's given him a Burger King crown before. And what was lovely about this is we have some royal community members that were actually there in Germany for their visit. Some of our friends actually got to shake the king's hand. We had an episode called The Future of the Monarchy with Christy, who's from Burkel with Love over on Instagram. And also her wife, Tanya, who's Camilla's girl over on Instagram as well. She was there with Tanya. Also, Charlotte was there, who was part of our 100th anniversary episode special a couple of weeks back. And she's a member of our VIP Royal community. And she was chatting on our Zoom call about her experience. And it was amazing, wasn't it? The atmosphere was electric. Honestly, Germany came out in force for the royals, didn't they? Yeah, they absolutely did. Like, it was like a rock star entrance. (laughs) And I'm so proud of every German royal community member that rocked up. And actually, people were standing on things. There was someone with a ladder, wasn't there? Yeah, there was. In the evening, they attended the state banquet where the Queen Consort stunned in the Greville Tiara and Queen Elizabeth fringe necklace at the Bellevue Palace. Now, you know us all, community. We love a tiara moment. We was waiting, we was hoping, we was praying, and we finally got it. And I honestly, I thought Camilla looked absolutely amazing. When she stepped out of that car, there was just something so regal about her. And we had the state banquet last year at Buckingham Palace. But because this is in another country... She's now representing Britain and she just looked absolutely outstanding. I was quite surprised at what she wore. I think the necklace and the tiara, they're not my favourite pieces of jewellery within the Royal Collection. I actually think they didn't really go very well together, but it was really nice that she was wearing something of Queen Elizabeth's. So she was there in spirit. And I was actually really surprised at her dress. I thought it was beautiful. It actually really sparkled when the light shone on it and 
when she was having photos taken. But the big stars of the show was the jewels. And I think that's always what we need to see and want to see when it comes to state visits. And I actually thought King Charles looked amazing as well. He did. And the Queen Consort was actually sporting as well the Grand Cross of the Federal Order of Merit, which was given to her on that day by the German president, Frank Walter Steinmeier. And then we saw the German president and his wife and also Camilla and Charles meeting people. And it went on for ages. Like There were so many people at this state banquet. And what I think we forget is these state banquets, they are very personal. The people who go there, they are at the bequest of the country. They're representing some part, maybe a charity or they're a celebrity or whatever. And they do greet every single person that's going into the banqueting hall. So we saw that. And then, Rach, the king gave a speech in German and in English. And he also told a joke. It was the German part of it, so I didn't understand. But he said, (laughs) dinner for one. And I was like, I know what that bit means. I don't know whether it was funny or not. But all of the people in the room started laughing. And this is something I always find fascinating about royals. They do speak loads of different languages. They do. And I think it's not until you hear them, you're like, oh, because I know that obviously the Queen and I think Charles, they speak French, don't they? But I didn't know that the King spoke German. Now, is it that he actually understands it or he's just reading a script? I'm not sure. I don't know if he knows how to hold a conversation in German. But let's not forget, Royal Community, that they do have German relatives. Yeah, and from my understanding from what Charlotte said, who got the Instagram account from Cambridge to Wales, she follows the Prince and Princess of Wales, hence the Instagram handle. But she actually mentioned that Charles does speak German, right? So I did see him on some of the walkabouts, meeting the people who were coming out to greet them. And he was speaking German to them when they did speak German. But remember, people in Europe, and probably most of the world, they have excellent English. It puts us to shame. Yeah. <laughs> I always feel so silly and stupid compared to some people when I I can only speak one language. The king during his speech said, over all these years and in so many ways, I have been struck by the warmth of the friendship between our nations and by the vitality of our partnership in countless areas. It was a friendship which mattered greatly to my mother, the late queen, who cared deeply about the bond between our two countries. It means so much to us that my wife and I could come to Germany for the very first overseas tour of my reign. I can assure you that throughout the time that is granted to me as king, I will do all I can to strengthen the connection between us. Those are some really strong king-like words it's very powerful and as you were saying that I was thinking that I was like wow this we're really I think getting to see another side of Charles and this tour this visit was such a roaring success I think a lot of people weren't expecting that it was a absolute rock show it was a triumph everywhere they went it was really a triumph you're completely right well done Germany for hosting such an amazing state visit that's all I have to say like royal community out there if you went message us over on Instagram keep it up with the Windsor's pod let us know how was it what did you think what was the atmosphere like because it looked absolutely incredible so we've gone from one historic day to another on day two the king made history as the first british monarch to address the bundestag the german parliament 
And again, he spoke in German. Yeah. In his speech, he said it was a great honor to be in the country and talked about the historic ties between the two countries. He thanks the German people for their warm wishes after the Queen died and highlighted the support they have shown to Ukraine. And as this was in German, he receives a standing ovation. I just love the respect level that he's not just from, yep, you can all, you understand me, so I'm just going to speak in English. No, you're in somebody else's country. They have a different language. We also did hear when it was the South Africa state visit in Buckingham Palace and King Charles actually said a few words in a South African dialect. Yeah, do you remember the president was like, had such a shock and awe? He was like, oh. <laughs> Later in the day, Charles and Camilla went to a food market. And what I loved about this visit is they were trying some cheese and you could see them in the videos. Oh, this is nice and then what appears Charles asked one of his helpers he only bought his own cheese didn't he from Highgrove and he swapped cheeses you are joking are I'm you joking, joking. <laughs> it was like in a, it was in a wicker basket and he said to someone like oh can you pass me that and he passed over the cheese <laughs> he's a like, cheese swap yeah he's like oh this is your cheese now try mine <laughs> oh I love that I didn't know that happened. I saw that he was looking at some fish, some smoked (laughs) fish, which again, there was just tons of people and the journalists were just like, it was, oh, wow. I've got to say though, what I find really interesting about when the royals go to other countries is how the interactions between the press the well wishes coming to see them and the actual royals themselves because the royals just get on with it. But the king's and the queen consort's security were literally having to push yeah. journalists and photographers and out of the way because it was like, move, they're coming down this line. I'm going to push you because you're in their way. <laughs> I don't know whether that's because they have the royal rota agreement here. So there's a bit more of a understanding when they're in the UK, whereas they don't have that in other countries. So there is a bit more of a push and a tussle and a to and a fro in, you know. <laughs> and then also on the same day, the king visited a joint UK and German military base. And whilst yeah. he was here, the Queen Consort watched performances by Komischk Oper. And excuse me for my book of these German words. Charlotte, you're going to be creasing when you hear that. I'm like, no, Rachel, that was not correct. <laughs> Which brings performing arts to all levels of the community. So I like that they had separate engagements that we know focus on their initiatives here in the UK. When traveling abroad, they also have those same connections. When King Charles went to the German and UK base, there was this tank that literally transformed into something else. I've never seen anything like it in my life. It had a hydraulics. It looked like a transformer. And I just (laughs) thought, wow, I just thought a massive tank is just a tank. But no, it became something just incredible. On their last day, their majesties went to Hamburg and we got some little behind the scenes actions of the King and the Queen concert working on a train. I love this. I know. I love the candid shots. The ones that are not publicised. They're not like pretty shots. I haven't got great lighting. They're just them at work. And you could tell they were reading through their notes of where they're going next or maybe a speech they have to say or the protocols that are coming up. And that's them at work, even when they're travelling. And state visits 
are hardcore. It's completely full on. There's no space at all for them. On this day, they visited St. Nikolai Memorial Church. I've been to that church. Have you? Yeah. Um, when I went on holiday to Hamburg in October, we went on a walking tour and it took us to St. Nikolai Memorial Church. It's part destroyed by the air raids. And the gentleman who took the tour said, there's a special bell service that happens every Thursday. And the day that I went was Thursday. So I sat there and I listened to this amazing bell service. And also Charles and Camilla had listened to this amazing bell service. It's done by mechanical bells. And you're in this church, this kind of like a shell of itself because it's not all there. It's got like a real haunting feeling. And it's it's actually a very special place. It felt very special when we were there. They laid a wreath at the church. Bequeath the wreath! And as Shell said, this church was largely destroyed in the 1943 air raids where over 34,000 people were killed. They also visited Kinder Transport Memorial, which is a programme initiated by the British government where children under 17 were sent by train to the UK and taken in by schools and foster families, which saved the lives of over 10,000 Jewish children and gave them a passage to start their new lives in Britain. I never knew that. I did a bit of research on it because I'd never heard of the Kinder Transport. There's a website where you can find out more information and we'll leave a link. Oh, I definitely will click that link because I'd like to know a bit more about that. I didn't know that at all. We need to also point out that there was a lot of excited royal fans because Camilla was wearing the Prince Albert sapphire and diamond brooch for the first time, which was gifted from Prince Albert to Queen Victoria the night before their wedding in 1840. I don't know how I feel about this. Because I'm just thinking to myself, if Phil gave me a gift, would I be okay with that? I guess I would be okay, obviously. I think it's nice because it's sentimental. I know, but it's so synonymous with their love story, isn't it? But we saw, like, over the years, Queen Mary's worn that brooch, um, Queen Elizabeth, the Queen Mother, Queen Elizabeth as well. And now, obviously, Camilla is wearing it. As we said the other week, it'll be interesting to see over the years what pieces Camilla incorporates into her outfits, the pieces that belong to the Queen. Yeah, absolutely. So we saw the Queen Consort visiting a school to hear about immersive language methods and was also joined, Rach, did you know this, by the illustrator of the Gruffalo, Axel Schleifler. I'm so sorry, Charlotte. (laughs) Any of our German (laughs) royal community, I'm sorry. What I absolutely loved, and I mean loved about this engagement, is they were drawing the Gruffalo and Camilla drew the Gruffalo. Rach, did you see this illustration? She's good. Maybe Camilla and Charles on their weekends. <laughs> this is what they do because we know the king likes to paint. Well, one of the children asked, what do you do in your spare time? And she said, gardening, drawing and swimming in the sea is what she said. And I said, oh. oh, okay. And then somebody also said, do you have any pets? And she said, yes, I have Bluebell and Beth. And she said they were Jack Russell's and that she was patron of Battersea Dogs and Cats Home. And then she also said that somebody had left Bluebell and Beth on the side of a road to die. She said, and then kind people come to to Battersea and then they rehome them. And that's what I did for Bluebell and Beth. And I was like, oh, that is just adorable. And how dare anybody do that to an animal? But one thing I will say was so lovely to see her with children and also the Gruffalo illustrator, Axel. It was just such a really happy vibe. And everyone just was like, oh, there's somebody special here. You know what I mean? Yeah, yeah. 
So later on in the day, their majesties were met with a huge crowd waiting to see them at Hamburg Town Hall, where they made a balcony appearance with the president and his wife. The Rathaus, which is a town hall, is the main hub of Hamburg. So if you're going anywhere, it's like you'll always meet at the town hall. And I got lost in the town hall, actually. It's quite a big place. Yeah. And you can walk in there. And have a look around. It's a bit like a council office, but it's super, super fancy. There's lots of marble statues everywhere. So if you're in Hamburg, definitely do a tour that actually tells you about the building because it's absolutely beautiful. And there's so much architecture and significance in every single one of the statues. I saw the balcony and I thought, oh, I wonder what it would be like to see someone there. (laughs) So for them to actually be on it is amazing. This was a huge, huge crowd. There was a guy that was stood up a lamppost <laughs> yes wasn't he up on the ladder did he get no, up on a ladder I don't know if he got up on a ladder but I just know he was very chic in his dress sense <laughs> <laughs> and it was raining as well in Hamburg wasn't it I was like I want to know this guy who is he who is he if you're a member of the royal community message yeah. us on, uh, on Instagram <laughs> but what I thought about this is I don't know any other country's representatives that people wait hours to see like people do when it's the British Royals. Yeah, absolutely. Again, you know, they are an institution that's known worldwide. When they went to St. Nikolai Memorial Church, when they left that engagement and they headed to the next one, I'm guessing it was towards the town hall, the streets were lined with people. It wasn't just at the certain engagements. It was throughout the whole of the procession. This was honestly from somebody who lives in the UK, who's born and bred here. I was so proud of the reaction in Germany. And honestly, I couldn't say enough about the German people going out and really welcoming them. I was following along to a royal reporter, Cameron Walker, and I thought he made a really interesting point in his news report. And he said, when Her Majesty the Queen passed away, there was a concern that the UK royal family wouldn't have this sort of global appeal and global presence. But the proof is in the prison here in Hamburg. King Charles III is a trump card in the UK government's arsenal for diplomatic relations. Yeah, and we've seen that a lot with also William recently with his trip last week to Poland. So I guess there was this feeling of will they be able to sustain the popularity? I mean, I don't think we need to worry, Rach. I honestly don't. And as we know, Cheryl, we've got so many people from all over the world that listen to us, that follow us. And we know that so many people are coming from other countries. Would we go to another country to see another king or queen coronation? We probably wouldn't. But the fact that people coming here to Britain to see King Charles III and Queen Camilla's coronation is just absolutely incredible. And like you said, that's the power of this institution that we have here in the UK. That's the global appeal. We are fascinated. And it's not just us as British people. It's people worldwide. So that's our royal news for the state visit. Now we head on to the royal news about the coronation. Yes, we have coronation news. Rach, catch us up. What is going on? Well, first of all, there was a new photograph that was released that was taken in the blue drawing room at Buckingham Palace. And this is basically on the run up to the coronation. Um, I want to just pick up the fact that they were in the blue drawing room, all wearing blue and the royal kind of global brand colour is blue. Then it's synonymous with blue blood. So I quite liked the fact that they (laughs) kind of entwined all that together. But along with this, we had news that their majesties will be attended by four pages of honour. 
And those pages will form part of the procession through the nave of Westminster Abbey. The King's pages of honour will be Prince George, Oliver Columdell, Nicholas Barclay and Ralph Tollemarsh. Sorry again if I pronounce any of those incorrectly. And the Queen Consort's pages of honour will include her grandsons, Gus and Louis Lopez, Freddie Parker Bowles, and her great nephew, Arthur Elliott. Now, we heard rumours of all community. And as you know, if you listen to the podcast for a while, we don't talk about rumours until they're announced and they're confirmed by the palace. Yeah. We've heard for so long that George will play a prominent role in the coronation. And we finally have confirmation. Yeah. He's nine at the moment, isn't he? And that's actually quite a young age to have such a prominent role within a big occasion like this. But I think he wears these occasions very well. And I think he will do his whole family proud. And we will all be rooting for him and all the page boys as well. We'll all be rooting for them. It's a big responsibility. And the fact that Prince George will one day be king. So he's getting a first-hand account of what's going to happen when it's his coronation, which is really weird to imagine because we're living this coronation right now. Who knows what's going to happen by the time? Who knows if we'll have a monarchy when it's George's time comes. But But as we always say, time will tell. Long live the king. So yeah, what did you think of the coronation invitation then, Rach? Because we did see that this week. We did. I was quite shocked. I wasn't expecting it to be as colourful as it was, but I think it's absolutely beautiful. It's so synonymous with things that the king is known for, like his love of environment and gardening. The invitation is designed by Andrew Jameson, and the artwork for the invitation was hand-painted in watercolour and gouache, and the design will be reproduced and printed on recycled card with gold foil detailing. Also central to the design is the motif of the green man, which is an ancient figure from British folklore, which symbolises spring and rebirth to celebrate the new reign. Remember, Royal Community, whenever anything is designed for the royal family, there cannot be anything on that design that does not have some specific meaning or purpose for being there. And The green man for me was just the cherry on the cake. It feels like a renewal, brand new start. And that green man does represent that. Plus also I knew about the green man because down the road from me when I used to live in London, there was a community centre called the green man and had the motif. So I was like, oh, the green man. So I kind of knew about it already. My first thought was, wow, it is absolutely beautiful. And then my second thought was, I wish that they'd either had the person who designed the emblem to design the coronation invitations or vice versa. Um, And I really like the invitation more. It's more my style. I love the fact that they had the coat of arms on there. We had Camilla's family's boar, which is representation of her father's side. And we obviously had the unicorn and the um, lion for Charles. Everything had a meaning. And it was so lovely. There was robins on there, wasn't there? These lovely spring colours, spring flowers. And on the design was a British wildflower meadow bordering the invitation with Lily of the Valleys, which we know that Queen Elizabeth loved with Lily of the Valleys. Cornflowers, wild strawberries. I mean, what's the difference between a wild strawberry and a normal strawberry, Rage? I don't know. I need to look at the invitation again and see if it looks any different. <laughs> Dog roses. I'm not sure what they are. 
bluebells and a sprig of rosemary for remembrance. Oh my God, my heart. Aww. I can't. And then with wildlife, there was a bee. We already know there's a bee in the Royal Institution, a bee, a wasp <laughs> and a fly. We got a bee, a butterfly, a ladybird, a wren and a robin. All of these are just so synonymous with British wildlife. Um, and then we saw that the flowers appear in groupings of three, signifying the king becoming the third monarch of his name, King Charles I, second, and now the third. It's so symbolic, isn't it? it There's is. just so many things that tie into this invitation. Yeah. And it must have actually taken the artist. I would like to know how long it took him to come up with this design. Yeah. Rach, the biggest thing that has caught everyone's attention about the coronation invitation is the fact that this is the first time that we have officially seen Camilla's name written Queen Camilla and not Queen Consort Camilla. This is causing an uproar. This is, it's really divided the royal community. And we've always said, because Buckingham Palace still call her the Queen Consort, we will not start calling her Queen Camilla until that change happens. And we said it ages ago, didn't we? That we think it will happen after the coronation. This has been our grace period between the Queen passing away, getting us used to the idea of a new Queen, Queen Camilla. But obviously we've been using that title of consort. Once the coronation happens, that title drops and she will become to us Queen Camilla. We know technically she is already that title, but we've just always said because that's what the royal socials refer to her as, that's what we'll call her. I was very surprised. And I know we did say that, like as soon as they start calling Camilla Queen Camilla, that's when we'll change it. But I also did think because of Queen Elizabeth's wishes of that statement saying Queen Consort that she would potentially have stayed Queen Consort because I remember when they got married Camilla wasn't ever going to be known as Queen she was going to be known as Princess Consort then we had the statement from Queen Elizabeth saying that she will actually be known as Queen Consort and now she will be known as from the coronation Queen Camilla because they believed these different changes a lot of people have felt that possibly King Charles or the institution has gone against what they've said. And I think that's probably what has caused uproar. We always get asked the question, why is it that Camilla's being called Queen Camilla? But for instance, Prince Philip wasn't the king. And so women who marry into the royal family are allowed to use the title Queen Consort when their husband becomes king. And this is down to a long-standing rule that states that a man who marries a reigning queen will be known as a prince consort. Because you cannot trump a reigning monarch. So if the monarch is a queen, the king trumps a queen when you think of like a pack of playing cards. But actually, you cannot get higher than a queen when there is a queen in play. So if the queen is in reign, then the next one down is a prince. And that's the reason why the husband will always be a prince and never a king. The royal community is a bit divided at the moment. Let us know what you're thinking about this. We would love to hear your thoughts. Remember, you can always send us a voice note over on Instagram, Keeping Up With The Windsor's Pod, and we will feature you in a future episode. One thing that I saw on socials, Rich, which I'm not sure whether you seen yet but there was a comparison between the watercolor invitation that was created for queen elizabeth's coronation there was the invitation for prince charles and that had a very similar feel of the watercolor and like the way it was designed so it wouldn't put it past me if king charles said to the illustrator, this is what my mum had made for me. Please use it as a starting point for the design. I think we said this the other week, Royal Community, any bit of coronation news that comes out, I'm really excited for. 
but I'm also really anxious and I'm nervous about the coronation. I think it's going to be incredible. It's going to be amazing. It's going to be a moment in history. But we've just hearing so many rumours at the moment. Oh, the royals aren't going to be wearing tiaras. And, you know, the Twitterverse goes up in arms because oh, what's the point of having a coronation if they're not going to be wearing tiaras? And I saw some people were like, oh, this is what they're going to be wearing to the coronation. It was just like William Catherine in really casual outfits. And it was and it was because somebody had posted on Twitter a invitation, which looks like an invitation to the coronation. But it obviously wasn't because these are the official invitations that apparently have not even gone out yet. And it said to wear morning dress. And don't forget, there's over 2000 people that are being invited to the actual ceremony. If me and you was invited, we don't have a tiara. We're not going to be wearing a tiara. Yeah. Yeah, and those usually are for lords and ladies, but that part of the ceremony has been taken out now. I completely understand why they probably would have gone there, but I think that might be a bit of fake news. If it isn't, and they don't, then okay, let's move on. Let's move on to something else. <laughs> but don't you think though, Shell, Buckingham Palace, they're not putting out any concrete confirmations about anything yet because we're talking about it. That's what they want. They want us to be talking about it. They want yeah. us to get excited. They want people to have ideas of thoughts and what they think it's going to be like and then they're going to be like well actually no this is what this it is. is it yeah exactly people were saying oh there's no timings on the invitation no because one they haven't gone out yet and two for security purposes as well then we had the whole oh george is involved and you've got camilla's grandsons involved but where's archie where's lilybeth but then where's louis where's charlotte the king isn't saying i'm not having archie and lilybeth and don't forget George is now second in line to the throne. The king doesn't love George more than he loves Charlotte or Archie or Lilibet. It's more like an initiation as well for him, isn't it? Like he has to just know the ropes. It is, it is. I mean, look, Royal Community, we say this, but we haven't lived through this yet. We don't know until Coronation Day, we do not know what to expect. This is why we always say with rumours, we don't pay, because we have people all the time say to us on Instagram, have you heard this? Have you heard that? Of course we have, but we don't talk about it because we don't want to fuel the rumour mill more than it already is. And also we want to be as factual as possible. And until Buckingham Palace actually state it, then it's not really happening for us. And remember, there's so much detail that goes into the preparation and the kind of practice of it all, right? And the organization of it. So actually allowing everyone to know everything is not creating that excitement, as you said, Rach, because having those tidbits of information, if we knew everything all at once, we'd like, okay, now when's it happening? So (laughs) the fact that we know little bits every week, it kind of fuels that fire of like, oh, it's happening. And then the next bit of information. So I quite like the fact that they do this drip feeding. And like you said as well, Rach, it allows you to have those discussions about whether this will happen or whether that will happen. And remember, if it is a decision that they decide not to wear tiaras, there's probably a reason why. So we just have to respect that and move forward. So that's our coronation news. That's this week's episode. Let us know over on Instagram your thoughts on the coronation. Do you think the royal ladies will be wearing tiaras? Do you think it's right that the king included Prince George, but he didn't include his other grandchildren? What did you think of the German state visit? Let us know over on Instagram, keeping up the Windsor's pod. And also let us know, did you secure coronation concert tickets? Because me and Rachel didn't. I know we didn't. I mean, it was a long shot, wasn't it? We had to have our name in the hat, but it just didn't get picked out. 
Yeah, and congratulations to everyone that did. I mean, Shell, somebody did offer us, they got some tickets and they said, if I can't go, I'll give them to you if you want. I would cry. I would absolutely cry <laughs> if somebody did that. Thank you so much for that offer. That's lovely. That's so <laughs> nice. Remember, next week we have our Royal Community Spotlight episode with Rebecca Victoria, which we are so excited to share with you. We will have regular scheduling the week after. If you would love to support us, you can over on Ko-fi. It's kofi.com slash keeping up with the Windsors. You can help support the podcast by buying Rachel and I a cup of coffee for four pounds or six bucks, or why not become a member of the VIP Royal Community? It's four pounds or six bucks monthly, and you get a private Facebook group a monthly call with Rachel and I and also some exclusive content so head over to KOFI Kofi and help support the podcast don't forget we have lots more royal content for you over on YouTube keeping up the Windsors if you'd like to email us you can at keeping up the Windsors pod at gmail.com and don't forget to follow us on Instagram keeping up the Windsors pod and we would be so appreciative if you head over to Spotify Apple podcast or Podbean and give us a five star rate and a review thank you so much for listening we will see you next week on keeping Keep up, up with the Windsors, Windsors.